Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We're live, stoppage time on a Wednesday. It is packed out with stuff to talk about. We're going to try to get as many questions from you guys as possible, but four major topics, and we have 60 minutes to do it. Last night's game against Pachuca, Sunday's game against Inter-Miami, MLS TV announcement yesterday with Apple, $2.5 billion deal over 10 years, and tomorrow's World Cup announcement with Atlanta, as a very strong possibility to get World Cup matches in 2026. As you know, plenty of things to dig into today. Whoops, I'm muted. Okay. I got you. How about, how about now? <laughs> you are good. We're off the flying start on this action. Woo! Uh, yeah, let's go in chronological order. We'll start okay. with the AmFam Insurance Cup. We'll get to media. Then we'll do World Cup, and then at the end we'll talk about the Miami match. Yeah, Sounds so good? if you have, yeah, and we'll kind of break them up in fifteen-minute segments, y'all. So out there watching, if you have questions in the segment, maybe we'll have time to clean up at the end of, of any additional questions. We'll try. We make no guarantees. If you have questions while we're talking about each segment, we will try to get into that as we go. I can't promise I have fifteen minutes worth of material on Miami, so we might that we one might, might be a little shorter. <laughs> That's okay. We'll have plenty of time to clean up questions at the end, but. Yeah, no, look, last night, it, it. I'm still trying to kind of work out internally how excited I should be about last night because I thought it was a really good performance against a good side that wanted to play. Um, I thought the first-choice group of Atlanta United played the first-choice group of Pachuca to a stalemate. That's a pretty good sign. Uh, you know, Pachuca, it, it's probably not, you know, their full starting 11 that they would roll out in a Liga right. MX game, they but they, they had their center back pairing. They had their goalkeeper. I mean, they had their quite striker. a few regulars. Um, Atlanta United, again, quite a few regulars, not everyone. I mean, Almada did not start with the, the regular group. I think because Gonzalo Pineda was basically handing Rob Valentino a lineup card for Sunday and saying, you know, this is going to be your starting lineup or this is what we would expect to be the starting lineup. Maybe not with goalkeeper, but certainly with the outfield players. And and those two groups played each other to a stalemate. And then in the second half, I thought some of the younger guys like Aiden McFadden, Noah Cobb, Johnny Fortune, um, but Chope Chol, when he got in, and it was good to see him get back. Uh, Eric Centeno for a short time, really good, really, really effective, and very, very positive defensively, quite frankly, against a Pachuca side, holding them to three shots, one on target, and I think only one key pass in the second half. Very, very good, very encouraging. It's a friendly. And sometimes in a friendly, teams play a little more relaxed. A, a tad less tense and therefore things can open up and be a little more free flowing. 
But I thought it was a really good performance. I certainly feel a lot better coming off a 3-2 win last night than, say, Austin supporters must have been feeling on Sunday morning when they lost 4-1 to Pachuca in pretty much the same group. The exact same group. Look, I, I think the the thing with a game like this, is it a regular season game? No. Um, is it meaningless? Absolutely not. It's not meaningless. Um, you can't play the card, and, and I see this this kind of card get played a lot, like, oh, it's a friendly, it doesn't mean anything. But if you lose, then it's, it's horrible. Everything's bad. Right. You can't play right. that card. That doesn't work. They right. played pretty well last night. Was it perfect? No. They, they gave up two goals. The, the first choice group gave up two goals. How'd they give them up? One's a set piece. It's a well-taken set piece in this case. Uh, no major mistakes on it. When you break everything down, if there's a, the biggest mistake is Joseph Martinez having a player come into his zone behind him. So he's got to get some help or he's got to have that sixth sense and feel that somebody is there because that's what a zonal marking system does. Um, and alongside that, Rocco Rios Novo maybe not being vocal enough that that happens. Okay. It's still a really well-delivered set piece. That happens. Welcome to the game. Unfortunately, Atlanta United gives up a lot of set piece goals and everyone gets overly magnified because of that. That's to be expected. This one, I'm not as been out of shape about. The second goal, young players sometimes, especially in a friendly, trying to do a little bit too much. You know, at that point, Caleb Wiley needs to just get forward with it after Brooks Lennon had gotten him out of trouble in, in the other corner. Okay, he doesn't. Then George Campbell maybe needs to blast it to the moon. Doesn't. They try to play through it, which is how you want to play. If this was a playoff game, that goal probably doesn't happen because you're not going to take the risk. In a friendly, okay, you can take the risk there. It did not pay off. Hopefully you learn from it. The goals that Atlanta scored were great goals. And the opportunities they created, in addition to the goals they scored, great opportunities. Um, I thought the attacking four with Cisneros playing on the left side, great. Loved it. Moreno was outstanding. Araujo looks like he wants to tear this league apart for the rest of the season. Joseph Martinez needs to get his sharpness back, of course. He had some opportunities that you expect him to put away. But he's played now 90 minutes since the beginning of April. So he's got to get there. But he worked hard. His movement off the ball was good. His combination work with others was good. And he led the press effectively. And that last one is the most important one for me because that tells you he's got a lot of energy. He's not trying to conserve energy. He's not worried about, can I finish this 45 here? No, he could have went longer if he had needed to. Can he go 90 on Sunday? Very possibly, yeah. Uh, I, I feel pretty decent about it. Um, hopefully you don't have to, but if you have to, okay. And if not, then it's nice to have a match winner like Dom Dwyer in reserve that you can bring in in that moment. Because I think Cisneros starts, and I think he starts on the left with Almada suspended, and I think Dwyer is your reserve for mostly for Joseph. If he can't go 90 or if you need to change things up tactically, Dwyer has given you a really good weapon to use off the bench. That's a very unexpected bonus of 2022. Uh, yeah, you said a mouthful. Uh, unexpected bonus. Um, a lot of positives from Dom Dwyer. Uh, let's go back, though, to I think some of the narratives that have kind of crept out of this friendly last night. Uh, and I do find it interesting. A lot of the narratives seem to be coming from people who downplay the significance of the match and the result. But when I amplify the narratives, which yeah. hmm. it, it's, it's um, a friendly, it's a fun friendly. It's a game that you need to try to do from time to time to play some different yeah. kinds of opponents. Like, cool. is it a World Cup final? No, I, I, I hate diminishing the game before it even starts with cynicism. I'm not well, a fan of that. Quite frankly, I think we have that problem with other competitions than just the American family. Yeah, we do. The amount of cynicism cast towards the U.S. Open Cup, I, I think, is yeah. really puzzling to me. What was Atlanta United trying to accomplish last night? We talked about this on the pregame show. You want to get some continuity. You want to get activated after having a couple weeks off. You want to figure uh, out your front four without Almada because you have uh, an opportunity to do it in competition. Yes, exactly, and which you were able to do. Yeah. Stay healthy. You're able yep. to do that. Have fun. You're entertain. able to entertain, entertain the, the, the public. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, look, I, I don't think 
I don't think the result was insignificant. I don't think the performance was insignificant, but I do want to get to some of these narratives because I do think they're being overly amplified. And I even saw a comment on the Twitch pitch about Joseph's misses last night. And he had some bad misses. He did. Uh, we he, talked about it. Undoubtedly. But let's put it in context. When's the last time Joseph Martinez started a match? DC? Been, yeah. It's been almost three months. Yeah. I mean, it was, what, you know? the first weekend in April? Yes. April 2nd. It's, yeah. been, almost, it's been two and a half months. That's his last start. So, yeah, yeah I mean. Put it, put it in that context. You have to. You have to. I mean, I look, I was like, wow, okay. The one, the first miss, I was like, oh, boy, that's that's a that's The one a where he miss. punched the goalpost. That, that yeah. was a really bad one. Yeah, it's a bad miss. But you've got to put yourself in these situations. You know he has the mental strength to wash away the memories of, of a miss. You're, you're not worried about it lingering. Young strikers, you would be. Um, but he's putting himself in good spots, and he will get sharp with time but he's yes. gotta play through that and get that sharpness well guess what i'd rather him play through that in a friendly against pachuca yeah. than have to play through that against inter miami when maybe you're trailing early in the second half and you need you're to find 45 goal. minutes ahead now yes. of where you would be that's a great way of putting it uh another narrative the the set piece defending and, and it's a legitimate it problem is. it, it, it is. has been a legitimate problem this year um I've gone back and I've watched that Pachuca goal a couple times now off the corner. That's probably the best executed corner by an Atlanta United opponent all year. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Not absolving Atlanta United from, uh, you know, being... I'm not saying Atlanta United is completely blameless from a defending standpoint, but I think you do have to give a lot of credit to Pachuca Get, first of all, giving Atlanta United unusual looks on set pieces offensively and defensively all night. I think Atlanta, it, I, it was maybe a very small moment in the match, but Atlanta United's first offensive corner of the night, Pachuca put three players back at the halfway line, and I don't think Atlanta United was really expecting that, and then they had to put three players back at the halfway line to mark, and it, it just threw everything out of joint. I think Pachuca... You know, they showed a short corner look. They had two players in the corner to strike that. Um, yes, there might have been a moment of indecision at the front post defensively, but it was a beautifully served corner right on the plate uh, for um, – oh, who scored it? Their center back. Cabral. Uh, Cabral. It, right on the plate for Cabral, who elevated and finished beautifully. And he's a starting center back in Liga MX. He's yeah, he scored player. against Austin. I mean, I, look, I'm not 
I don't even know if I'd go in decision, to be honest. Like, I, I think your your zonal marking, we know where Joseph is generally set up on on those kinds of corners. He's at the corner of the six. Um, Ibarra is coming across to try to get there because he recognizes it, but it's not his zone. Alan Franco can't get to it because he's got somebody right there with him. Franco's locked up with a, an attacker. Rocco can't get to it because there's Franco, there's the attacker, there's Joseph, there's Cabral coming through, and there's Ibarra crashing through. Goalkeeper can't go there. He can't get to it. So you do tip your cap to a degree. And the other one you look at is, okay, you sit down with it, and you sit down with Rocco, and you say, you've got to see the run and be vocal that somebody is running near post. And Joseph, you've got to be listening for Rocco and or checking your shoulders and making sure somebody's not making a run behind. But those are minor things. This is not the Columbus goal no. that was given up where there, there's multiple issues and much bigger issues. This is minor in that it was a really well-delivered corner and they converted on it by good players converting on it. This happens. Teams give up goals on set pieces Atlanta's giving up more but just because they're giving up more you can't then amplify a well-worked corner by the opposition it is what it is it's going to happen to you if you're a good team defending corners or not sometimes you get beat this one they get beat and it's not really any major mistakes that caused it the other narrative that um I don't know if it's fair or unfair because Gonzalo Pineda does talk about this occasionally but the insinuation that the second Pachuca goal came on a loss of concentration by Atlanta United. I'm not sure if it was a loss of concentration or just a flat-out mental mistake. And it started with Wiley having a lot of room to dribble and go forward, but instead cutting back to Campbell. And then that starts the sequence unraveling. I still believe there may have been a Pachuca foul yeah. in there that created the turnover. I, I, I you know, never really got like a super confirming replay on that. But I don't think that second Pachuca goal was a result of Atlanta United switching off or losing no, concentration. I think it was it young players trying to play through a jam, as you said earlier. And by the way, all but one occasion last night, those young players were able to play through those yeah. jams. The, uh, they created they the jam here is the biggest issue. Good point. Yes. Yeah. That that's that's where I would if if I'm getting into like where the mistake is, they, they created the jam for themselves. Um, but no, switching off and, and this is where I think consistent terminology is important. And and I, I really try when I use uh, a phrase that gets thrown around a lot in the game. Switching off is one and it comes up a lot. Switching off is much more from a, a marking perspective or on a restart. It's not in the run of play. This is absolutely in the run of play. You have possession. It's a throw on the opposite side. Uh, Brooks Lennon in a tight spot knows he can dump it all the way across. A little risky, but he knows he's got the space to do it. And he can hit the ball far enough to dump it across. And Wiley's got a lot of room to work with. Good decision by Brooks Lennon. Wiley then, instead of just going, and getting forward and getting out of the defensive third makes a mistake. It's not switching off. He makes a mistake. He tries to play the ball back inside when you're bringing it back into the trouble, not going forward down the left flank. If you turn it over 40 yards from goal because Wiley dribbles forward and gets dispossessed, you're in a much better position than how you turned it over. Right. So it's a, it's a decision-making error. Campbell then is trying to bail it out. So you can't put as much fault on him because he's trying to fix a mistake. He's got to just blast it at that point or commit a foul at that point. Ibarra then is, is completely in a jam. And I, I think he gets fouled. Um, he's got to sell it to try to get the foul at that point. If you can get it, he doesn't. Rocco makes a big save, but there you're scrambling at that point. And you're not scrambling if Wiley loses the ball from where he cut it back, probably 20 yards upfield. You're not scrambling if he goes. This is a 17-year-old player who hasn't played a whole lot of left back this season, and he's just coming back from injury. Any team that builds out of the back is going to make mistakes like this. It happens because this is what you do. You have a lot of confidence in how you play. We talked 
club after the game, he talked about how he's confident to get his, himself out of trouble in those situations. This time he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It happens. It's part of the game. There is no way to play to get what Atlanta gets with their attack, with numbers forward, with the amount of chances created, with the goals that they score. You cannot get there unless you're willing to make mistakes. You cannot. It is impossible. You cannot show me a style of play that will lead you to being safe defensively to not make mistakes in the buildup and get the number of chances that you get. Philadelphia doesn't get the number of chances that you get. Red Bulls don't get the number of chances you get. Atlanta has more shot-creating actions than anybody in the league. The teams that are there are the teams that play in this way. That's the trade-off you make. All right. So, I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's just you can't. We we can't melt down every time that happens. If that happens in a playoff game, big problem. All right, because you got watch, another situation. I'm watching something in the Twitch pitch, and I'm I'm, I'm screaming internally. No, 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 oh, no. no. Like, does that ever happen to you when when yeah. when something starts evolving on the Twitch pitch? It's like no, that's incorrect. Oh, so, no, I, and I, I'm not trying to change the subject, but I no, just it's fine. It, we, we're we've covered it. We're good. Yeah. Well, it, it, okay. Actually, then it's a transition to media. Because yes. seeing this this discussion on Twitch pitch about how awful it was that the front office geo blocked the game last night. That's God, not accurate. That that is totally inaccurate. And uh Uncle No Pockets, no, Atlanta United does not own TV rights for anything they do. Major they League Soccer. They don't have that choice. They don't have a choice. Major League Soccer, it that's the deal. Now I don't know if that changes next year, but under the current terms of the deal, remember the preseason matches we did, yep. those were geo blocked. Same yes. reason. Major League Soccer, geo blocks. Atlanta United's got a territory. Can't do it outside the territory. I don't like it either, but that is what they do. Every they don't team like in the league. I, <laughs> I can I can tell you that the team has tried to do everything possible yes. for preseason games yes. to get around geo blocking. Same some with very this. creative ideas, as a matter of yes. fact. Yes. Uh, it is a league policy. Yes. They're just as frustrated as everyone else. So please. Don't blame the front office on this. It is not their fault. Uncle No Pockets, what's the benefit of Gia blocking that match for MLS? I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, it's a protection for other teams in the region. Like Nashville needs regional protection. Orlando needs regional protection. Um, I I guess that's the reasoning behind it. Um, Charlotte needs regional protection. Yeah, I wish I knew. I mean, I don't like it. Nobody that I've talked to likes it, but I can speak with actually 100% authority on this, that this is not a club decision. No, They have no choice in the matter, and we've talked about it before. We've talked about it when it comes to preseason. This is not new. Anything that the team is streaming on their website that they are able to stream, preseason, in-season friendly, whatever, is geo-blocked according to Major League Soccer rules. That's the league rule. There you go. It came up during preseason all over the league, everywhere. And it came up with us. We talked about it. Yes. Yeah. So, Uncle No Pockets, yeah, I agree. It's an insult to -to out-of-market fans. I'll give you the league address in New York City. I don't even know if this is going to be an issue next year because of the new media rights deal. I would assume that it's not. I mean, the bit, well, yeah, but then again, I don't know how the rights work for friendlies and preseason yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. I, no, I would assume. <laughs> we, yes, but we never want to assume until we know. Yeah, uh, no, I'm, I'm just assuming. I'm not telling you that's how it will be. Please don't quote me on that. I, I am assuming, 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 assuming. What we do know, though, is that for anything MLS and Leagues Cup, regular season MLS, playoffs MLS, Leagues Cup, MLS Cup, don't worry about the geo blocking. That's done starting Go next forward. year with yeah. the Apple TV deal. So that this was one of the really big headlines of the year in the league, to be honest with you. This was a long-awaited announcement that Don Garber hinted would happen before the end of March. It did not. Um, I can just tell you from background, from what I had heard, Apple was always very, very interested in the content, but there may have been a breakdown in geofencing outside of North America, okay? Apple is paying a lot of money, $250 million at least per year, $2.5 billion at least 
over the length of the contract, and they wanted anyone anywhere in the world to be able to consume the content. And that's one of the things that the league had to fight through um, in order to get this over the finish line with Apple, and they got it done. As I said earlier today on SDH, if you are a consumer of Major League Soccer content, if you are a devout fan of Major League Soccer and one of its clubs, this media rights deal is a home run. And it's a real home run if you have a season ticket for Atlanta United because you're going to get all this content for free. Uh, But even if you don't have a season ticket and you're someone who wants to consume Major League Soccer without having to deal with the geofencing and I live in a certain place and I can't get a match, that all goes away now. So that is a huge, huge win for Major League Soccer fans. The downside is that, um, you know, as it appears right now, most of the, not all, but most of the linear TV options that are currently in existence for consuming Major League Soccer matches will go away. And remember, the vast majority of matches on linear TV are on local, either sports networks, television stations, something like that. That's pretty much all going away to our knowledge. ESPN reportedly will get a couple games. Uh, Univision reportedly will get some games. Fox reportedly might still be in it and could get some games. Yeah, I think but I'd say maybe more than a couple with ESPN, at least according to some of the reports. Less than what they're doing now, but more than 10. Yeah, I, I think fair. it's maybe, maybe in the 20 range. Well, um, yeah, keep in mind there's, what, 30 rounds of the season, I think. Yeah. Um, so... It would be less than once a week at that yeah. rate. Yeah, that's what it's uh, looking. That's what's been said. Uh, two day NA in Spanish language. They really want the League's Cup, and they, I would be shocked if they didn't have the League's Cup. Um, and they'll get some games to go along with that in the regular season, too. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know numbers on that. Fox is the one we don't really know uh, because they've been fairly clear in saying for a little while now that they're not really interested in league properties. They're interested in event properties. Uh, but then they've picked up a few league properties um, for their kind of sort of Fox soccer plus that nobody watches anymore can find nice. uh, with like Canadian premier league and, and, and Serie B and stuff like that in Italy. It's, it's a really hodgepodge thing. So maybe they, they grab a few and, and throw them on. So, I mean, if you have, 30 English language linear broadcasts maybe once a week between two different places and you have around that in Spanish and everything's on Apple. You're not far off of where you've been. And I think you've added a lot of interesting pieces. The The biggest thing that changes is the way the games will be produced because MLS will be producing them. Um, you won't have local TV like we're, right now, when you watch on ESPN Plus, a game from Columbus looks different than a game from LA. Um, you won't have that. The the look and feel will be consistent across the board, and there will be one national commentary team. Now, if you listen to us on 92.9 The Game, you will be glad to know that you can listen to us on Apple TV from what we're, we've been told. You can drop that down, just like MLB TV does right now. They have that option where if you're watching something on MLB dot tv you can choose the radio call and that's very cool and espn's done that with some like big multicast kind of games but mlb tv does it so that's very exciting for us we're we're pumped um waiting to see all of the other particulars of it because there's a bunch of shoulder programming and other things going on that'll be fascinating and it's important uh, and, and this is something that, quite frankly, the existing rights holders and uh, broadcast partners of the league are not doing, yep. um, which is the shoulder programming, the halftime shows, the pre-match shows, the whip-around shows, uh, which Apple will do on Saturday night, uh, kind of a goal zone type deal. That could uh, be a game changer. I really think for like neutral fans, because look, this is something that we've talked about before. MLS is kind of in the same realm that MLB is in right now in that Braves fans, you're watching the Braves. If the national game of the week is the Orioles and the Tigers, you might not watch that in the past, back in the day when you didn't have as much access. Now Braves fans have always had it with TBS Cubs fans had it with WGN. 
maybe it's a little different for them. But in general, you didn't have as much access. So if you had a national TV game, your your game of the week on Saturday afternoon at one o'clock, you watched it whoever it was if you were a baseball fan. MLS is kind of in that. If you're an Atlanta United fan, you might not be watching Seattle, Vancouver. You might not be watching that. But if Saturday night, let's say Atlanta United finishes their game and you see on the app because everything is embedded, everything there. Oh, wait a minute. That game's really close. Oh, that game's really close, too. Oh, let me just turn the whip around on and watch that. Okay, cool. I could watch the West Coast in a whip around style. Yeah. Yes. Well, you know, that's a really good point. Because I, you know, the way the current broadcast structure um, is set up, you have these national TV windows where, for the most part, there's one game on, nothing else, and it's usually, you know, early Saturday afternoons. That's typically two day NA. Sometimes late Saturday afternoons, ESPN will have a game. Sometimes they'll carve out a Saturday night game for Fox. Sunday there will be an FS1 game. But what I'm saying is, you know. Sometimes you can play on Saturday. Sometimes you can play on Sunday, whether you're in a a local window or a national window. I think what we have found with the TV ratings is that for the most part, people don't drop everything to see LAFC play. If you're not an LAFC fan, Um, if you're not a Seattle Sounders fan, you're not dropping everything to turn on a Sounders match. So the fact that now it's going to be like a decision day every week where everyone is playing simultaneously it actually, I think, enhances um, the case for having a goal zone channel, like you're saying, because now you can be entertained for two hours, being taken to the best action around the league, rather than get, I mean, quite frankly, Inter-Miami against Atlanta United, I don't know, that's a game that really moves the needle nationally Sunday, to be totally frank with you. They're two below the playoff line teams of the Eastern Conference right now. Atlanta's moved the needle nationwide a little bit, a as little. much as as most as as much yeah. as anybody has. Yeah, yeah. they sure. have. If you're in Denver or Boston or Chicago, you dropping everything to watch that match? Maybe not. No, no. You know, now um, you you don't get stuck with these national windows that could feature teams that you're not interested in. Um, I think the one thing that we have found with the existing Major League Soccer media deal, is, and I, I get the concerns, and I'm seeing a lot of it on the Twitch pitch about not being on linear TV could reduce eyeballs. It could make it hard to watch in bars. But I think what we're seeing is, for the most part... I don't part, think the latter will happen. The, the bar thing, I think, is easy, easily resolved. I think so, too. I think more bars have smart TVs than not. But yeah. um, what I'm trying to say is, the TV ratings tend to prove that losing linear television is probably not going to be that destructive to the overall audience because for the most part, I hate to say it, people aren't watching anyway. Hate to say it. Well, see, I'm, I'll am i push back on that a little bit because you compare the numbers, and, and it depends on what, what story you want to tell, because you compare the numbers to Liga MX. Of course, you take a Chivas Club America game out of the equation uh, because that's going to draw bigger than anything. You throw Toluca and, and Toluca and San Luis, that's going to draw just like an MLS game would. You yeah. take Crystal Palace and uh, Leicester, that's going to draw a little bit more than an MLS game, but not by a crazy amount. Liga MX draws the, the best ratings in the United States. Um, Premier League is second. MLS is third. You take this idea of, okay, we need, because if you're, if you're MLS and you're strategizing and you're, you're living and dying with the ratings, which I think was a, a, is a fallacy anyway in the world we're in now. Yes, agreed. Um, if you live and die with the ratings, then you're strategizing. Who are we going to put on national TV? How do we sell the story of this team on national TV? How do we make people want to watch this team on national TV? And then you get the overhyping of LAFC, frankly, um, because LAFC has not had the same level of success as, I don't know, a team here in Atlanta. But they get hyped because they get national TV a lot, and it's you've got to push that. Like you change everything now. Your strategy changes. You're not worried about that anymore. You're not living and dying with ratings. You want subscribers to Apple TV, but you want people to engage with the whole 
spectrum of Major League Soccer. Because it doesn't matter at that point with how you're built, because you're subscriber-driven, not ratings-driven. It doesn't matter if people watch LAFC more than they watch Houston. If Houston has a compelling story, you talk about Houston. Mm-hmm. You talk about Vancouver. You say, hey, folks who are who have just finished watching the Atlanta-New England game in our early Saturday night window, stick around because our whip-around show, we got madness happening in Kansas City right now. It's 3-2 in the 70th minute. You've got LAFC and Vancouver kicking off later. You've got so many different stories you can tell. You don't have to prop up certain teams to try to drive national ratings. Now, it's you want people across the spectrum to subscribe and stick with it. It's a different mentality. It's a different strategy. And I think it's a much better fit for where MLS is, for any league is, to be frank. I think it's the way to go. No, and it's probably the way things are going anyway. I mean, even the national football league now has an exclusive streaming deal. I mean, this is the way it's going. Mm -hmm. I get the Christopher Abel comment and I worry about it too. I did. I will make it harder for casual or new fans to stumble into MLS. Totally agree. That is a big concern because you've got to subscribe to the MLS app in order to get the content. And there is a fee attached to it. Not all of it. Because no. they they ha- they are going to put games. I, I can't remember. Some, I'm, some they're going to put some. Yes, some. Yeah. But they're going to have some that are outside of the pay window that That's are true. on the Apple TV app. And it's it's a little hard to explain uh, until we get a little bit further into it, and we know exactly where the MLS window is going to be. But you have Apple TV, you have the app, you have different places. There's going to be games outside of the the pay window in the Apple app. So. That's going to be a way to sample some. But, yeah, here's here's the flip side, though. You know, how many people, and the ratings would bear this out, are stumbling onto these games on ESPN or FS1 or ESPN2? Um, it's not a huge number. How many people might be watching Ted Lasso or watching, uh, what, the morning show or whatever other series or watching Major League Baseball? And this is where I, I'm, I think it's important watching MLB on Apple TV and say, oh, I can watch MLS here now too. Right. Oh, it's an extra $5.99 a month or whatever. Okay. Yeah, cool. I'm in. I'll yeah. do it. Well, I think that I think you've just hit on it. That's the key. Because Apple does have major league baseball. They are reportedly in very deep negotiations to get a major college football package. Mm-hmm. So the more sports properties that Apple throws into the basket then you're less concerned about what Christopher is talking about, where, yeah, someone accidentally leaves their TV turned on to ESPN at a major league soccer match comes on and you end up watching by accident. Uh, If you're consuming all kinds of sports on the Apple platform, uh, then it's kind of the same deal. In fact, it's probably even better because now you get the pop-up alert that the major league soccer window is open and click here to watch. It's probably a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I said it on SDH this morning. I think we talked about this off the air last night. To me, Major League Soccer's bread is buttered right now on the in-stadium experience. You have a lot of markets that are selling out regularly and drawing big crowds regularly. Unfortunately, your major markets are not. You're not having that in New York. That's unfortunate. You're not having it in Chicago right now. That's a little unfortunate. You're having it in Los Angeles, though. You, you do have it? With, yes, you do. Let's put L.A. off to the side. I mean, of, yep. the, of the top five markets, you don't have it in New York. You don't have it in Chicago. You don't have it in Houston. You don't have it in Dallas. So, you know, four of your top five markets. But then if you look at the next five, you do yes. have it in Atlanta for sure. Uh, you have it in Philadelphia. You, you do, do have it there now. Um D.C., not so much. Uh, San Francisco, not so much at the moment. San Jose. Uh, who am I leaving out? Boston, not so much. Um, decent. Uh, I'd put Boston in the decent. It's a wash. It, yeah, it's a wash. It's not Houston or Chicago right now. Houston, I, I, both of them. Both of them have new ownership. Both of them need to get energized off of this. And, and I think... I think this, this opens that door. I'm with you. I think the in-stadium atmosphere the in-stadium 
revenue, all of that coming in is what's important. And like I said on, on SDH this morning, I think you've got a really significant base to grow from here now with your broadcast money. You're going to make a lot more money than you were making before. Yeah, you're going to have production costs added in. It's going to be worth it because based off some of the production in other places that you've seen, well, now you at least get to control that. That that can be a good thing. Um, you're going to have consistency, which is a very good thing. Um, but you can actually now start to monetize other things. I think the next area beyond player transfers, which is a huge area the league needs to get better with in terms of revenue coming in, is sponsorships. Yes. And if you're able to, instead of going to a local sponsor and saying, well, yeah, I know you saw that article about ratings on ESPN. I know they're not very good, but look at what we drew. Look at these pictures. Look at these videos. This is where you want to be. Like, eh, TV rating. Now it's Apple has partnered with us and Apple has done something groundbreaking with us. And you know Apple, right? You want to be in a place where Apple's at, right? Cut the check. It, yeah. it changes the narrative completely well, on where the league is. A hundred percent. And if this deal were being made with, um, I'm trying not to assail another technology company. Like, I'll just say a, a technology company other than Apple. I think it feels different. I mean, to a degree, yeah. It, it's it's a big deal. You're going with Apple. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going with some kind of fly by night startup. You're not going with the, you know, a streamer that attempted to stream a club in the mid Atlantic region and had an absolute disaster because they didn't have a, the infrastructure to do it. And they wanted, they wanted the package too at one point. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to go with the flow, uh, you know, televising soccer, go with the flow. Uh, this is Apple. It's a big deal. I mean, you're talking about a Fortune 100 company. You're talking about probably a Fortune 10 company. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean. And talking, the reviews of what they've done with Major League Baseball have been good. Generally positive. They've been they, really they, good. They had some commentary issues early on. I think they've worked yeah. that out. The, the presentation's been generally good. I want to stress, though, Jason, I do think the league is doing the production, not Apple. Yeah, sorry. I, I, that's what I meant yeah. to say. I think that's okay. Yeah, the league is doing it. And that's what I'm saying is. If, if I'm the league, and based off some of the production that I've gotten in the past from TV partners nationally, oh, it, it will be better. I'm happy be better. to control it if, if that's the case. And yeah, I got to pay for it. Okay. I'm making a lot more money. I'm still making a whole lot more money than I did before. Yes. And yes, you're going to have production costs. Okay. Welcome to the world. Like, it happens. Like, people trying to say that's a negative is, is crazy to me. Like, you're you're in a much better position than you were. The uh, the idea was you're going to sell um, – you wanted $300 million. That was what was said. And people were like, oh, they're never going to get that. Look, when it comes up short, that's a bad thing. Now it's – you're at 250 You can add some linear. You can get more out of Apple if your memberships get to a certain point, your subscriptions get to a certain point. And now it's, oh, well, yeah, you have production costs. Well, that was probably going to happen anyway. And you can – actually make the production better Mm -hmm. by doing it this way that's the number one element because how many times have people complained about that with other broadcasts it's been a consistent complaint yeah now it's going to be better now it's going to be consistent and look at what apple because they'll have a say even if if mls is is paying the check you know apple's going to have a look apple has a look and feel they have a brand that you you know what you're going to expect generally Look at what they've done with MLB. It works. Like their their graphics packages, everything works. It feels like Apple, and it works for MLB. That's what I'm expecting here with MLS. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's move on to World Cup. I think yeah. we've had a discussion about media rights, and we can revisit it next week or on an off week or something like that because yeah. we're going to learn a lot more. I mean, um, to be totally honest, like when when people were tweeting me saying the radio broadcast is going to be available on Apple, I, I was kind of like, huh? Yeah, no one, no one had really told me that. So I, I'm I'm learning just as much as. Uh, the rest of you guys. I am very grateful. I will say just from a personal note, I am really glad that they're still going to carve out a niche for local radio. Um, I wasn't like super concerned that would go away, but I think that just proves Apple's commitment to making Major League Soccer available on as many different platforms as possible. It's mm -hmm. important. It's okay. important for the clubs too, because you have to give the club an avenue to uh, generate their own uh, revenue off the broadcast. Okay, World Cup tomorrow about 5.30 p.m. We're going to know if Atlanta is going to be one of the host cities for the 2026 World Cup. You know, it, it's funny, Jason. Uh, I think everyone's assuming Atlanta is going to be in the mix. I think mm -hmm. there's been a lot of assumptions, even some reporting, uh, that Atlanta is going to have a, a very – uh, high-level match at the end of the tournament, whether it be a semifinal or a quarterfinal, third place, something like that. I was talking to some people, though, last night um, who have worked on the bid, and they said, you never know with FIFA. You, ne you can never be 100% sure with FIFA. All the signs can point in one direction, and you can be very, very surprised. There are a lot of things pointing towards England, hosting the 2026 World Cup, or I'm sorry, 2022 World Cup. There was a, a lot of things pointing towards England. 18, it was pointing to us for 22. Yeah, right. Yeah, thank you. And uh, the the day of the announcement, <sighs> Russia and Qatar. I was there. I was there at stats when that went down, and it was yeah. a gut punch. It was. I don't think we're going to get the gut punch tomorrow. I really I don't. don't. I don't but either. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be going in assuming anything. And I'll just say this. Uh, the the people attached with the Atlanta bid truly do not know. There, no. There's no leak or anything like that. I, I am very frustrated at some of the things I've seen on Twitter, uh, suggesting that because there is going to be a press conference in Atlanta that they already have confirmation that it's a done deal. No, I, I can tell you that is completely false. And the people attached to the bid in Atlanta still do not know. I feel good about it. I feel yeah, really yeah. good about it. And I think Atlanta's got a lot of infrastructure advantages with the airport, the ability to be a media hub, and obviously the stadium. This is going to be, I think, a lot different than the place Atlanta was in, uh, say, back in 1990 when decisions were being made about 94. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I, I don't have the full timeline in front of me. I, I think it. I think Atlanta got washed away in that one in the first round after official bids went in because it was Bobby Dodd at that time, which wasn't as nice as it is now. And you had just better options. You don't have many better options than Mercedes Benz Stadium um, at that time. And, and, you know, and going back and researching a couple of things. The biggest difference between then and now in terms of Atlanta and their 
interest and their uh, foresight is Mercedes-Benz Stadium was built to be a World Cup venue. The Georgia Dome was built to not be. The Georgia Dome was not built to be wide enough on the floor to have World Cup games. And when the U.S. was awarded the World Cup in 88, and you had to have some cities already set up, and they had the usual suspects already ready to go. There's some really surprising stadiums on that initial list. Yeah. Uh, Corvallis, Oregon. Yeah. That was that was in the initial group of stadiums that were going to get World Cup games. Uh, but Atlanta was not because the Georgia Dome was not going to be wide enough, and it was being planned at that time. I don't even think it was being built yet. Mercedes-Benz from day one was built with it because Arthur Blank wanted to bring the World Cup to Atlanta. And he's very close to getting that done along with a lot of other people who are involved. Uh, It's not done. Um, I will share Grant Wall's uh, last prediction for cities. He Grant is about as connected as as you will find on this kind of stuff. Uh, Grant says there is uh, some talk that 12 U.S. cities could get games Mm. 10 is what people have thought but there's a lot of talk that edmonton will be left out of canada and there only be two canadian cities which would open up a spot for another u.s city now grant is hearing from people that it could go up to 12 u.s cities um he's had atlanta in the whole time as have most people i haven't seen anybody say that atlanta's not getting it that's that, that that's factual um when you go through the rankings and you start projecting it, yes, Atlanta should get games. But what happens with the other cities? Uh, Grant predicts that if it's 10 cities, that Baltimore and Washington, that combined one, misses out. If it's 11, they get in. Nashville could be the 12. He said FIFA was really, really positive about Nashville. The question is a new stadium being built in time for 26. And that's why they're not a lock or a a probable. But if it's 12, or let's say if it's 10, taking out the two I just mentioned, uh, Grant thinks from what he has done with his research and who he's talked to, Atlanta, alphabetical order, Atlanta, Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, L.A., Miami, New York, slash New Jersey, Philadelphia, San Francisco, Bay Area, and Seattle. Not Boston. Not Boston. He doesn't have Boston even if it goes to 12. Wow. Yeah, people in in the bid in Boston are feeling pretty negative about their chances. Well, they they have a a major problem with stadium location. Uh, Yeah, the bigger one that, that Grant's talking about is more of the financial considerations. They're not getting as much support from the local governments which is, is part of the bid. Um, and that even more than the stadium location could be the bigger issue. Right. Well, uh, in any event, it sounds good for Atlanta, but we'll know for sure tomorrow. The, the, <laughs> the metaphor I made last night is, um, you know, you have a Super Bowl in town maybe once every 10 years if you're lucky. You get a Final Four maybe once every eight or nine years. This would be like having three Super Bowls in the span of a month if you get to host three matches. Now, if you go to 12 U.S. cities, you might actually lose a match. No, actually, no, I'd go the other way because not all those cities are going to get the same number of games. And if you go to 12, you're going to be at least taking away games from Canada because right now it's 10 games to Mexico, 10 to Canada, 60 to the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, You take away one from Canada that adds uh, three, maybe four, depending on how it was structured, probably three. Uh, to the U.S., but then it's not going to be scaled the same way. Like Nashville won't get later rounds if they get in. Kansas City might not get later rounds. Atlanta will get if they get in, and and that is the expectation, but it is an expectation. It is not a lot. If Atlanta gets in, they will get knockout games. So I think three is the absolute minimum. You could be looking up to five, six if you get individual rounds in the knockouts and you got to remember in this tournament it's a 48 team tournament there'll be groups of three 16 groups of three then a round of 32 because two teams from each group will go through then a round of 16 then a quarterfinal then a semifinal atlanta has bid all the way up to the semifinal 
mm-hmm. they're not eligible to bid for the final because the stadium is just under the minimum capacity. Uh, and Scott Mason, uh, San Francisco Bay Area does have an MLS franchise. Santa Clara is in the bid for San Francisco, and that's literally right down the road from San Jose. Yeah, and the, the Quakes usually play a game there a year. They play the Galaxy game there every year. Um, or no, not that one. Sorry, they they play at Stanford. My bad. Stanford, but, but still, yeah. I mean, also right down the road. Yeah, uh, Pilgrim. I think the capacity needed for the finals eighty thousand. It was eighty. Um, it bumped up to eighty. It was sixty five back in ninety four. It's eighty yeah. now. It's probably. I mean, it it feels like New York, New Jersey is going to get the final because it's my gut feeling can go to ninety thousand if needed. Yeah, that's my gut feeling. I just don't think they'll go to LA twice. I, I think FIFA. You know, and you go back to the the 94 conversations a little bit. There's still some of the same people that have influence and and that stuff does stick around institutional knowledge. Um, They 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 moved everything possible to get games in New York in 94. They they had to be in New York. When, When you think about. We don't look at New York the same way as FIFA's offices in Switzerland look at New York and the rest of the world looks at New York. They got to be in New York, and I think they'll put the final there this time since they didn't last time. Um, Dallas is going to be very aggressive in trying to get everything possible. They bid for the final. I, I think they have no shot at the final. I think the final is L.A. or New York, most likely New York. I think the opening match could go to L.A., um, and that's been rumored. And in the semifinals, you know, do you give L.A. a semi? Do you give them to Atlanta and Dallas? You know, where where does it fall at that point? The semifinal is going to be very competitive to see who gets it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've also seen speculation the Azteca could get the opener just to yep, answer they could. Ricardo's question. That was, in fact, in the bid book. Um, They've bid for it, yeah. I so, can't remember who else bid for the opener. I, I don't remember that list. Yeah, I don't remember. Either. I remember in 94 it was Chicago, but obviously Chicago's not in this bid in 26. Yeah. Anyhow, tomorrow on Sports Radio 92.9, the game, we expect the announcement's going to be around uh, 5.15, 5.30. So yeah. we're going to cover it as best we can as we wait for the announcement. And then after the announcement is made, we're going to have Jason on with Dukes and Bell. Jason's also going to be on with Chuckery. I'll be on with Dukes and Bell. Uh, Friday, we are working on getting the mayor and the governor to come on to talk about the impact of all of this. So, uh, it would be an enormous deal if Atlanta can get over the finish line. Absolutely enormous deal. It'd be fantastic, uh, to continue the growth of the game. It, it's hard to imagine how the game can grow even further from where it has gotten right now here in the Southeastern United States. But you're looking at the prospect of a couple southern cities atlanta potentially nashville i wouldn't even count cincinnati as a southern city being on the the ohio kentucky border you're you're looking at the potential of a couple cities in sec country being able to host the world cup and it's a really really great thing and I, the other thing i would point out is this if there's disappointment tomorrow ah Atlanta didn't get a semifinal. They got a round of 16 or, you know, a quarterfinal. I'm yeah, I think they'll get a quarterfinal at minimum. Yeah, but, you know, that's not anything to be disappointed over. I want to stress that the group stage matches are sometimes the, the ones that are the most appealing from a business standpoint because there's such a long runway up to the matchup being determined. Yeah. It is very, very advantageous to sell tickets, hotel rooms, airfare, all that. Uh, if England knows that they're going to play in Atlanta on June the 13th of 2026, you'll have people flying over from England in the week leading up to that match. Yeah. Whereas if you are in the semifinal, you may only have three days to kind of figure out a way to get there. Yeah, remember, uh, too, there's only going to be two group stage games for everybody as opposed to three, so there's even more urgency if your team right. is is drawn into one of those two. Well, and, and, you know, think of large countries that could potentially qualify but not have prospects to advance and uh, the potential – I'm trying to think of an example. Like uh, a very highly populated country that, that may get in but not have yeah. very good 
This like, this one's going to change a little bit. Uh, like if China got in, for example, China, yeah, China yeah, would yeah. be if, the if, example, and that's possible with forty eight. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing is what it, the whole the whole paradigm changes because it's forty eight teams, thirty two go to the knockout round. So it's going to be a very different format. But everything leading up to it, I mean, you're going to have friendly games all over the area. You're going to have friendlies at the bins in the years leading up to it, especially in Great the year point. leading up to it. Yes, You'll have yes. games in Charlotte, Nashville, yep. everywhere. You'll have training teams training, doing training camps here. You'll have all sorts of things going on. And and I know it was a big talking point because uh, I was a, a little bit involved with it in the bid for what ended up being 22. It was kind of, it could have been 18 or 22, but everything kind of settled to where they wanted to be in Europe and in somewhere else, Europe and 18, somewhere else in 22. But one big conversation with it, and I'm not sure where that stands with this one, is the legacy component. And we see that with the Olympics. You, you go through Atlanta and you're going to see things related to the Olympics. Georgia Tech has a wonderful new aquatic center. Not new now, but it was new then. Um, so many different things will be done for this. And for anybody who works in the game, any youth organization that works in the game, there is going to be a tangible knock-on effect from having the games here. And it's it's going to be an amazing situation if you love this sport and you live in the Atlanta area, if the World Cup comes to Atlanta. Um, as somebody who fell in love with the game because of the World Cup, as, as somebody who has watched every World Cup, the interest level ramp up and ramp up, and 18 was such a letdown because you know, the U.S. wasn't in it. Um, the World Cup is an amazing event, and it is bigger than the Olympics. It is the biggest sporting event worldwide. It has the most eyeballs on it worldwide. And Atlanta would go into a very small number of cities that have had the Olympics, that have had the World Cup. It is a growing international city. And I, I've said it for a, a number of years that I think when Atlanta got the Olympics, an amazing pitch to get it. Atlanta wasn't ready to have the Olympics when it had it. They did it and they got it done. And it was uh, incredible that they got it done and it came off well. Um, it what was most exceptional. Is that what a uh, Samaran said? Yeah. It's better than that, buddy. Um, but the World Cup is even bigger than that. And the effects that the Olympics gave Atlanta, it took a decade at least for Atlanta to catch up to being the international city that the Olympics made it. Now it's ready. And as, as wonderful as the city is, if you've lived here for six months or six years or 60 years, as wonderful as the city is, as international as the city is, you have World Cup games here, goes up to a whole another level. Yes, it does. And, and it is transformational for a city, a community, and a sport. So I, I cannot wait till we find out tomorrow. Well said. Uh, I, I think Miami is probably going to be in the World Cup as well. And uh, Inter-Miami will be the opponent on Sunday. We have like two minutes left. Do you have a quick thought on that match? <laughs> yeah, they've been uh, they've been much better. Uh, Phil Neville has them very organized. Now, they will be missing Robbie Robinson. He's out for an extended period of time with a hamstring issue that required a, a surgical procedure. But uh, Leonardo Campana, one of the top forwards in the league this season, uh, might be playing his way into Ecuador's World Cup team. Uh, very structured defensively. And Phil Neville is not a manager who, when you look at his work with the England women's national team, they weren't defensive. Uh, his playing background, he was a defender. He's got them focused on the back now. They can get forward, they can score goals, but he's fixed the issues where they were just a bad defensive team. They have a hot goalkeeper, at least before the break, in Drake Callender as well. Callender has been lights out lately acrobatic great shot stopper i think miami will come in and probably play a line of three slash five they, they've looked their best with three center backs wing backs will probably sit it's gonna be down to two things for atlanta creativity in tight spaces and i thought we saw good signs of that with araujo moreno and joseph combining in tight spaces last night and it's going to come down to not letting miami bomb the ball long pressuring them when the ball turns over and either turning it over or forcing them to play it out so you can send another wave of attackers. It's going to come down to those two phases of play. And if Atlanta does what they should do, 
And I think, frankly, what they did for the majority of the game in Fort Lauderdale, they should win this match. All right. Uh, well, they, they should have at least gotten a draw out of Fort Lauderdale, but the less said about that, the better. We'll be on the air 2.30 Sunday afternoon for the Five Stripes Countdown. 3 o'clock will be the kickoff on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And again, tomorrow, starting in the 5 o'clock hour, live coverage of the World Cup announcements. So plenty to come. My goodness, next Wednesday, stoppage time. Woo. Oh, geez, we haven't even got to that. We're, we're They just oh, announced it a little while ago. We're going to be on site at the latest mini pitch uh, that Atlanta United and Soccer in the Streets and a number of partners, uh, MARTA. It's the latest one at Kensington Station, and it's a huge event. We're going to kind of kick the day off with stoppage time at 2 o'clock live on site. Uh, excited to be part of that. and Yeah. Just so much going on right now. It's amazing. It's a good thing, though. It's yes, thing. it is a very good thing. We'll talk tomorrow. We'll see you on Sunday. Thanks for joining us on Stoppage Time here on the 92.9 The Game Facebook page. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.